Okay, so this is the final episode of season one. It's where I reveal some secrets about myself, talk about why I made the podcast, and reflect on what I learned through the process. This episode of Change the Narrative is sponsored by Book Creator, a simple tool for creating awesome digital books. Create your own digital resources or have students take the reins. Available for both Chrome and iOS devices. Visit bookcreator.com ctn for your chance to win a free 12-month subscription. This is Change the Narrative, the podcast about innovation in education and the workplace. I'm your host and tour guide, Michael Hernandez. Bluegrass Jam's Sunday Nights at the Station Inn is a highlight of the music scene in Nashville. I was speaking at a conference there in October and made it a point to see live music every night I was there. Just like with food, I have to try everything local when I travel. In this case, music. I want to get as close to the people and culture of a place as I can. When I walked in, I found a horseshoe-shaped formation of folding chairs filled with talented musicians picking, fiddling, singing, and strumming traditional American folk music. What surprised me, though, was the diversity and culture of support that I saw. Next to an 80-year-old man playing fiddle was a 20-something woman doing the same thing. An Asian woman sat at the edge of the group with her banjo, learning to play along. It didn't seem to matter if you were a professional or amateur, man or woman, old or young. Everyone was there to pursue a common passion and help each other learn and grow to literally be in sync with one another. I guess that's what I've been trying to do with this podcast. I'm the guy at the periphery, learning to pick the banjo of innovative thinking. I asked a group of diverse thinkers with different backgrounds and experiences to come together around a shared purpose, innovation. I wonder how both of these models might work in education or the workplace. How do we gather a team of passionate people and work toward a common goal that they care about? Who are the right people for your group anyway? And how can you take a diverse set of skills or experiences and make them all harmonize? Okay, so this is the final episode of season one. It's where I reveal some secrets about myself, talk about why I made the podcast, and reflect on what I learned through the process. Since everyone likes listicles, I decided to narrow it down to three confessions and four truths. First, the three confessions. Confession one, I have no idea what I'm doing. I've spent a lot of my personal and professional life looking up to other people who are creative and talented and thinking I'll never be as accomplished as they are. That mindset has definitely prevented me from trying new things. But maybe we need to reframe the concept of imposter syndrome. People and systems all around us expect perfection, and they expect expertise. But what makes someone an expert? And can you ever know everything? At some point, every expert wasn't. They were in the same place as you or me, 
and were just curious enough to keep asking questions until they had a better sense of what questions to ask. Confession 2. I'm afraid. Of making mistakes. Of being judged. Of people not liking my work. Do you ever feel like that? I've let fear hold me back so many times that I wonder how much more accomplished or happier I'd be if I'd stopped listening to that voice in my head. And it turns out that most of that fear was totally self-imposed. My friend Christine Kleinen has a great saying, move toward the fear. Nothing worth doing is ever easy. Even if we fail when we take on challenges, we still learn a lot about ourselves and the situation. As Regina Dugan said in her TED talk about fear, failure is a sign that we've exceeded ourselves. Instead of learning how to succeed, I think we need to learn how to fail more productively. Confession three, I'm selfish. If you think that I made this podcast, you're wrong. Well, I did record and edit the show, but I feel like so many of the ideas came from other people. Even the idea for the podcast itself came from a couple of friends. I just went along with it. I think we're often expected to generate ideas in a vacuum, on our own, without help. Plenty of professionals are afraid to share because they fear others might steal their ideas. And schools definitely discourage collaboration and look at it as a kind of cheating or plagiarism. I don't know that I agree with the saying, you're the average of the five closest people around you. But I do know that surrounding myself with smart, creative, generous people elevates my thinking and often inspires me. I've been lucky to have friends who were willing to share their ideas with me on each episode, and a lot more friends behind the scenes who pushed and encouraged me and helped shape the look and sound of this project. I feel like more of a vessel for other people's ideas than any kind of expert. I wonder if that's a more productive way to look at education in the workplace too. We can curate a nebula of people with unique experiences and ideas that as a whole help shine their collective light to help us solve problems. Next, a few truths that revealed themselves to me as I produced this podcast. Number one, start small. This podcast started as a talk I gave at the ISTE Creative Constructor Lab that turned into an email newsletter and eventually into an audio edition, which then became the teaser episode. When trying to create your own passion project, maybe think of it as an evolution rather than a revolution. Everything is built one brick at a time. Number two, you're not alone. Find your tribe and trusted co-conspirators, especially those outside of your area of expertise. That may be on the other side of the building, or sometimes, as I've found, on the other side of the world. Rely on those folks for honest feedback and encouragement, and help them as much as they help you. Even if your project doesn't come to fruition, you've made deeper connections to kindred spirits who will help you as you strive to innovate in the future. Number three, find your own voice and use it. Each of us has something valuable to say, even if we don't think we do. And we need to have the courage to speak it and in the way that suits us best. Like Marco Torres said in episode six, when we talked about how to deal with haters, you can never make 100% of the people happy, but you can make 100% of the right people insanely happy. And sometimes 100% of the right people are just two. Chances are there are lots of other people that have the same struggles and dreams that you do, and they could benefit from your perspective. Number four, make yourself uncomfortable. Or in other words, put yourself in situations that you're not familiar with. When we do that, we're forced to look at the world differently and maybe reevaluate what we do. Like Carrie Lee Beasley said in episode five and Rebecca Hare said in episode seven, seeing how other cultures operate and what their priorities are can help us get perspective on our own lives and help us take steps outside of our routine. 
We hoped you liked the first season of Change the Narrative. Stay tuned for bonus episodes and be sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter to be part of the travelogue of innovation in education in the workplace. Change the Narrative is produced by me, Michael Hernandez. Thanks to our sponsors, Book Creator and Participate for believing in this project and supporting innovation. Thanks to all my guests in season one, Christopher Hernandez, Dan Ryder, Rashawn Richards, Stephen Valentine, I. Addison Zong, Carrie Lee Beasley, Marco Torres, Rebecca Hare, Monica Burns, Jose Garcia Moreno, and Saba Quidwai. For their inspiration and encouragement and help throughout the season, gratitude to Audre Claire, Kathy Hunt, Saba Quidwai, Acer Salmon, Dan Ryder, and of course, my daughter Maya. And thanks to you for listening and supporting the show. I hope these conversations have led you to your own truths and help you as you change the narrative of your workspace. Until next time. You can see photographs of Station Inn and my trip to Nashville on our website, changethenarrative.net. Thank you.